the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome into 90210-so, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me, as always, is my good buddy, Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm pretty good, JT, and we're pulling up on episode 20 now in season two. Always feels like a big deal when we have an episode number divisible by five. So <laughs> yes. We are uh, still a little ways out from the end of the season. We've, we've got... If this was a normal season of television, we'd be right at the end, right? With two episodes to go, 22 episodes, that's that's a season order. But not with this show, as we know. We've got uh, six we extra from though. that first season. Yeah, yeah we got eight, eight got, more to go, which isn't a ton, honestly. Though. It's not a lot. It's not yeah. a lot. It's just a lot for one season of television. You know? Yes, yes, very so, much. So uh, we'll have 28 episodes this season and going to gonna keep it coming from there you got 30 in season three and then you start getting into those 32 episodes it's man (laughs) this this show is just it's taken off like a rocket so in any event to get us through that we have a guest who i want to say the last time we were gonna have him on was a pretty monumental episode but we had to reschedule right he's a he's our busiest guest by far a big timer Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy to get him back on, but we did it. We found a way to get him back in. Uh, I believe somehow he's, are you, are you a two-time, only a two-time guest like before Sean Kidd? Is that mm, it? This will be number three. Yeah. yeah. Two. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, it's great, right. great to have you back. I'm glad we were able to work it out and have you in here. Uh, as having been on before, obviously we know you're past with the show already. So, um, want to welcome you in, but we're going to go ahead and dive right in. And when, like Tim mentioned, we are on season two, episode 20, a competitive edge, the 42nd episode all time of the show aired January 23rd, 1992. We're still having some gaps here. Like since December, we've kind of gone off a couple weeks back on off a couple weeks after this, yes. we're off until February 6th. And then we get a few in a row. Uh, actually, a couple in a row. Like, we're still bouncing around through the rest of the season. Mm. Like, there's no more than two consecutive episodes week week to week from here on to the rest of the season. So, kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, this is uh, a very Sean Kidd episode, so I'm glad. Yes, yes, it was. I mean, listen, I, listen, I'm glad, yeah, a big sports guy. I'm glad to be on this one uh, versus the one I was supposed to be on, which was the unfortunate Scott episode. So, all right. There you Scott. go. There you yeah. go. Uh, this episode did a 18.7 rating so down a bit from fire and ice our other sports episode which was 19.6 but we do bounce back next week and um we're kind of in this range there's a couple of outliers uh coming up which are are dip below 17 but for the most part we're right around this 18 to 20 range the rest of the season so this is still a pretty good rating here Mm -hmm. Yeah, not bad. I, I'm not. I don't know how I feel about two sort of sports themes, sports themed episodes in a row, but uh, that's maybe personal preference, <laughs> similar to Sean. Well, we have kind of another one here, like we'll talk about that. Honestly, doesn't have a ton of long term storyline development within it, and no. 
It definitely, the way this all plays out, and I don't know if it was this way or not, but it makes it feel like they expanded the order of how many episodes they wanted, like after they had drawn up the story. And we end mm. up with a lot of these like random filler episodes that don't have much beyond maybe a scene or two of like long-term development. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I think it's... you got to strike while the iron's hot. It caught its mojo, and I kind of think you're probably onto something with that, JT. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like they just started like, okay, oh, shit, we got like six extra episodes we got to put together here. Um, and I'll tell you, the big storyline that I've been waiting for, like, it starts a lot later than I thought in this season. It's, I know it goes into three quite mm-hmm. a bit, but um, I really thought we were going to be having a lot more of that by now. Like, we're into the too. back third yeah. of the season, mm-hmm. and we haven't hit it yet. So, Yeah, we, um, we talked about last episode about how it, it this season was feeling a little bit front-end loaded with the... Mm-hmm. Brandon Emily romance yes. drama. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe they're just trying to to give us a, a little bit of downtime before they ramp up another big romance drama. Uh, yes. So uh, you know, got to keep our eye on that. Um, but we know we're in store for a big finale, if nothing else. All right. Well, let's dive in here to competitive edge. We open with a long slow motion montage of some track and field practice. We cut over to Brandon. He's interviewing the coach who thinks this year's team has a chance to go all the way. And Brandon said, well, he said that about football, too. And that team went one at eight. And coach says, look, we need some help on the relays. And Brandon says he has a history in Minnesota being athletic, athlete and uh, kind of laughs, though, when the coach asks him if he wants to try out. Steve comes over. He wants some insider info uh, from Brandon about the status of the team. He's uh, on this team as well. He said he can't stand being cut again. Uh, he's been trying all these different sports and he can't catch on. Brandon tells him to keep his head up. We cut over to Kelly and Donna. They're talking to Kyle. If you remember Kyle uh, from mm-hmm. the beach, <laughs> Kelly's mm-hmm. would-be boyfriend, but uh, let her know that perhaps he wasn't sure if he was into women. And we didn't really go beyond that. Uh, basically invites them to jog with him tomorrow morning at 645. Steve's watching. He doesn't like what's going on. He still doesn't realize uh, Kyle's secret, obviously, that Kelly's kept for him. And Donna says, well, you guys dated, you know, they dated last summer. And we flash back to that scene where Kyle told Kelly he wasn't sure if he was into girls and, again, kind of left it there. Uh, we cut to Brenda. She's driving Cindy around. Cindy's kind of a mess. She's basically hanging <laughs> off a dare life. Uh, Brenda says she has her license and wants to drive Brandon's car, uh, but she wants Jim and Cindy to tell him to stop busting her up about her driving skills. And, of course, on cue, she misses the turn to their street, <laughs> keeps on trucking, so Cindy directs her back. We go to West Bev campus. Brandon's walking around the locker room. The team comes at him and starts chanting Wedgie uh, because he shit talked their performance in his article. They all kind of circle around Brandon. He's laughing and tries to get some help from Steve. Steve talks them down and then he starts chanting Wedgie. Brandon gets swarmed and they start to make their move. But coach comes in and settles things down. Uh, A guy named Miller warns Brandon not to write about them again. And Brandon gets his balls busted for not taking part in the team bragging up his skills and on that we go to the blaze uh, brandon's telling andre he gave in and decided to try out because they were busting him so much and he tried out for the four by 40 and made the team he's going to be on the relay team and brandon thinks it's not ethical to both play and write about sports plus he has class he's working at the pit and andrea takes that as brandon saying he wants to leave the paper Brandon says he's not even cut out to be a reporter. He hates talking to the guys about the game after the game about the performance. 
Andrea compares to this is such a random pull. It's like Tim Green, that Atlanta Falcons player, an NPR sports reporter. <laughs> it was like so forced. Like on Andrea, big Falcons. That fan. one was lost on me. I gotta tell you. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a real thing. It must have been a real thing at the time for her to reference it, but it's it's mm-hmm. out there. Uh Brandon says he's a good athlete, wants to prove it. Andrea says, Well, you're a free agent jock. And Brandon says, Maybe Griffin can write the column. And Andrea says, Maybe she would. And they kind of flirt about her maybe being in the locker room. So, uh, a lot going on there, Tim, to start the episode. We got a little sports. Brandon's again, for like the third or fourth time, trying to show he's a big athlete. Uh, but what do you take from this? I, I like the implication that just because Brandon is a good sports editor for the school paper, that he's going to have all these great tips for the. Uh, the track and field team. I, I know we're focused more on the, the relay team, I guess, but we're seeing like an all around montage of just track and field type, you know, you see a shot putter, we see, uh, and that's, you know, as we get into what the central conflict of this episode is, and I'm not going to jump the gun here, but I think maybe this is the wrong choice of athletic activity. <laughs> for for the uh what, what's going to be going on um with the great scandal with this team um but we'll get into that uh so you know brandon is now having all these all this conflict over whether he wants to continue being a reporter or actually um be an athlete which we're kind of revisiting from the first season uh the, you know the, the the basketball tryouts right and um at the same time, you've got Steve trying to prove his medal. And I, I like the idea here that they're establishing um, Steve as much of the, we think of him as like the, the sort of popular jock type character. He's a bit of a washout when it comes to athletics. Like apparently he's tried over and over again and just can't seem to let her in any sport, right? He says that's a big goal of his and he hasn't managed to get it done so far. So this is a big deal for Steve. Now he's going to be in competition with with Brandon potentially, um, but I did think also it was an interesting revelation on Brandon's part when he's talking to Andrea that he doesn't particularly like being a reporter, even though mm-hmm. he's good at it. Maybe, maybe he enjoys the the writing aspect of it, but as far as being a reporter, like on the scene. Well, specifically for he's sports, like, it feels like yeah. he's not as into it. Like, because he's not. I think he. It he sees himself more as a, as a jock, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I think he feels like, you know, it's almost like he's on, I, I, I'm get, I'm guessing a lot of ex athletes who become media feel this way. I would think where suddenly yeah. you're on the other side and having to criticize your peers and all this other stuff. So it's like, I think he's feeling a little bit of that. Like, okay, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm the right, I'm the runner. But he's so much place. tinier than the other guys though. Like when you see him next yeah. to the other yes, ones, he's right. so tiny. Yeah. So yep. Tim Green was a Falcons player um, around this. It looks like it was around this time. He also okay. so he got sick or something after. But uh, you know, hmm. yeah, he was a commentator. So yeah, he did announcing after he played in looks like '91. So it would have been right around this time. A linebacker commentator for NPR. So yeah, he did both. So he was pulling double duty. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And good, good move pulling uh, Kyle out of mothballs here. Uh, I like that. Gay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kelly's gay boyfriend from the the summer season is, uh, you know, it's just good to have when you have an opportunity to turn someone into a recurring character. Why not take it? So, like seeing him again, um, and I think he's put to good effect in this episode. 
Sean, where are you with all this? So um, I was very impressed with my extensive uh, sports knowledge of the opening. Uh, since I'm <laughs> such a sports fan, um, I was like you. I could like, oh, high jump track, shot put, hurdles, pole vault. Yeah, I was doing high jump too. Yeah, yeah the slow-mo was amazing. Um, I just love the beginning. Um, I, Brandon, like the whole conversation with the coach, and I, I think you said it, like how the coach leans in on Brandon, like he's going to be this guy that saves the team because the team is definitely hurting on a relay, which is amazing. Yes. Um, Kyle, you already brought up the Kyle Kelly flashback, which I thought was really good. Um, Steve's continued storyline of jealousy with Kelly. That's been an ongoing theme now. I think mm -hmm. what I'm, how many episodes are we in? 40 plus at this point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So well, an, um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I love Brandon savaging the track team in the article and the whole wedgie thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, the really cool thing for me about watching this stuff is I can relate to a lot of it because 92 is literally the year after I graduated. So a lot of mm -hmm. these things and a lot of these like, like, what do you want to say components they put in these episodes really hits home for me. Um, right. uh, Tim, from a comic standpoint, I think I called this out with you. Uh, yeah. Miller is Abraham uh, from the walking dead, which yeah. blew me away. Michael when I saw yep. he, uh, Yeah. I saw the that name. guy had, had been in a lot of stuff, right? Because yeah. I feel like yeah. he's in every, what's his last name? Uh, Cudlitz. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. C U D L I T Z. Yeah. Because what else? I know the, um, I've known him for like a bunch of stuff. Like yeah, I feel he, like he's yeah he's in a lot place. of stuff. Which which is what's interesting about his Abraham character. He's like he's a redhead, big red beard, mm -hmm. and his most claim to fame is he's the guy that got killed by Negan along with Glenn in the Walking Dead show. So, um, really really cool thing to like kind of go back there. Um. The Brenda and the driving, uh, I, I'll talk a little bit about that later because I have some uh, <laughs> things that relate uh, very closely to me coming up oh, here. God. <laughs> uh, but the fact that she didn't even know where her house was was pretty great. Um, yeah, so all good stuff. Like so much happened and just like sets up this whole story for this episode, the two-part story of Brenda and the driving. And then, of course, the big thing we're going to be talking about with this whole uh, this whole team in the school. So good stuff. The Kyle thing is good, too, because I like that they brought him back. And we'll see as it goes. But I kind of like that they left everything still ambiguous with him. Like, he wasn't brought back to out him or anything else. And maybe he'll be on again. We'll see if it continues. Like, if he continues to be a side character. But I kind of like that he just exists in this. It's it's un-1991-like that they didn't really mm -hmm. label him. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of stayed that way. And they're not. Like, just I thought it was going to turn into, like, oh, you know, they find out he's a snitch. And then they. They get it, they dig up the other stuff to berate them. You know, maybe it's coming. I don't know, or maybe this is it. I have no clue. But I kind of like as of now, yeah. he just kind of exists yeah. as he is. I um, I questioned whether it was a a deliberate creative choice to keep that sort of undeclared right sexuality with the Kyle character, or if they just weren't allowed to straight up declare he was gay at this point. Right. But either way, sometimes these creative limitations uh, that are placed on you by, you know, network standards and practices or whatever can lead you to having to stretch yourself a little bit. Right. In order to find ways around, in order to find other ways of telling the story. And maybe that's what they're doing here. They, they want to keep using the character, even if they can't come out, come right out and say it maybe we can do a thing where he's harboring a secret in a different way and, and gets to do a, another kind of coming out. And that's sort of, yeah, it sort of thematically serves the character hint, hint, like we're, that's where we're going to be heading here. And, you know, right. I, I think 
sometimes having those kind of breaks put on um, can be beneficial from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. Like I'm all for writers should be able to write, but um, it's okay to, to have some, I don't know, some limitations sometimes. Well, I'm curious how far this goes. So I'm looking it up. Kyle's only on for three episodes. So this would be episode, the second one, right? All right. Yeah. I figured that had to be seen. So there's probably another one with him. Yeah. So there's one more with him, but I I don't know. I'm thinking back to 92 and I'm just curious because he never really comes out as being gay. Correct. In terms of the flashback or here. We'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, not here. No, not here. No, I know. But I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in 92, though, I didn't think that was a big deal from a censorship standpoint that you couldn't just come out and do it. But it's an, Yeah, um, it was like a big deal to show intimacy. But yeah. at this point, you could at least, I mean, Adam, maybe maybe it's the fact that he's uh, he's playing a high school kid. I, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I was trying to but, think of another show from back then that maybe I could compare to. But well, I, I mean, when was <laughs> there was a um, God in a fucking daytime soap? Um the character there was a character um Ryan Philippi was playing one um, life to as live. a kid. Uh, one yeah, life to live. I knew you would know. Yeah, of course. Know. I mean yeah. that was around this time, right? That was like ninety two, ninety it's around the same it's around the same time. You're right. Yep. So who knows? I mean, different networks, different standards. Well, when was when was Ellen? Like ninety seven, ninety six, ninety six, right? Well, that was later, and that was even a bigger yeah. deal because right. they wanted her to come out sooner, and it was like, oh no, you can't do that. And then they teased it, and they teased it, and they teased it, and they finally mm-hmm. did. I think it was what, like ninety six or ninety seven, right? Um, and then that was like the last season of the show. They uh, the kiss and all that, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, and fucking poor, <laughs> um, gosh, uh. uh Laura Dern, her like her love interest, played a love interest to Ellen. Her career took a big hit after that. Yeah. But um, neither here nor there. We're um, we'll be doing an Ellen um, podcast here shortly. <laughs> yeah, so, la- last, last thing I'll say on that, so Ryan Felipe, it was April '92 through May of '93, so it started in April of '92. Okay. So that was right after this. Yeah, God, bit, just yeah, like uh, we're ahead of the curve again, just like we were with the skate with cutting edge <laughs> ahead of the curve. Not a two one zero. I know two one zero always relevant. <laughs> yes. All right, Brenda makes her proposal to drive Brandon's car when he's not using it. She says she'll pay for expenses, and Jim says he'll talk to Brandon. Sydney says maybe you should drive with her before you make that commitment. Uh, mm. Jim sneezes. May have a cold coming on, it looks like, for Jimbo. Brandon gets yeah. home. Brenda tells him the news, and right away, Brandon says, okay, sure, but you have to pay for any repairs, and I don't have to ride with you. Uh, Brenda's, like, caught off guard. She does a double take that Brandon um, accepted right away. Brenda runs off to call Kelly and Donna and basically says, I'm going to go call them to see if they want to go out. Brandon puts up his new track shoes. So he tells his parents he made the team. Steve's here. He tells sure Brandon enough. the coach. <laughs> Show enough. Yeah. Steve tells uh, Brandon that coach gave him his relay position. And Connor says, hey, the relays never look better. A guy named Connor. Dylan shows up and says, organized sports are too competitive. And he said, I can't believe that Brandon caved. He was his last line of defense from Brenda driving the Porsche. And Brandon <laughs> says, oh, she's okay. She's not that bad. And Dylan's mad because as long as Brandon could put the fight up, so could he, that Brenda, Brenda can't drive the cars. Um, so Carter, we'll, we'll see more in a minute. He's going to play a role here. But it looks like Brandon has now taken Steve's spot on the team. Brenda drives David and Donna around. David's messing with the radio. He starts arguing with Donna about which song to play. We see a lady in front of them glaring back. And suddenly, Brenda rear-ends her because she doesn't drive at the light. 
The lady mm-hmm. gets out. Brenda has to go talk to her. She apologizes. And the lady says, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Brenda says, no, it's all my fault. The, the, the number one thing to do, of course, when you get an accident yeah. is immediately take responsibility. Uh, she wants to call the police. The lady says it's not necessary. There was no damage. Just a little ding on Brenda's car. The lady wants to exchange numbers, though, in case either one of them ends up in traction. So Brenda goes and grabs a pen. Uh, a guy named Burke is also on the team, and he's crushing it in the gym. Uh, everyone's kind of making fun of Brandon being a small dude. And Brandon makes a real bad steroid joke. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. yeah, well, give me some anabolic steroids, uh, and I'll go juice up. And everyone stops and just looks at him. Coach comes in, gathers them all up. Uh, Miller asks Steve if this is all a setup. Brandon's a reporter, and he's here to bust them. And Steve's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Burke says Steve isn't with the program and then smartens them up that they formed a power pack with a steroid <laughs> program in place. So the power pack seems to be Burke, Miller, uh, Kyle, and Connor, I believe is the power pack right now. Mm. Uh, Burke says they have pure pharma quality with controlled doses. They just want to get to Sacramento for the championship. Then they're going to end the program. Steve brings up all the side effects, but they say, hey, with a little extra kick, you could anchor the relay team. Steve says he does want a letter and something before graduating and says, whatever, I'll try anything once. So he caves to the program and Miller says, what are we going to do about Walsh? They don't trust him, but they assume maybe Steve could talk him into doing the program. Miller says they may get kicked out of school if they get found out. And Burke calls himself the candy man. So the candy man can. (laughs) That killed me. What would you think, Sean, of uh, the the debut of the power pack, the candy man? (laughs) One question I do have is, like, why did they feel like they had to tell Brandon anything or smarten him yeah. up? Like, just play dumb and don't say anything because he doesn't need to know. Like, what are we going to do about Walsh? Like, he wasn't on to anything. He just made a joke that he really thought was a joke, you know? Well, well and for... especially if they're a little bit suspicious of him because he's right. a reporter or whatever. Right. Like, you would just, yeah, not even. Yeah, so I think that would be your first flaw. And Like, one of your flaws here is, hey, why do you have to tell him anything? I also think it's going to be hard to hide it because at some point in the in the room, you're going to see somebody do it maybe. Uh, the Candyman line <laughs> destroyed me. I, like, the one thing about this whole thing about steroids and drugs in general, late 80s and early 90s TV shows and how they handled drugs was certainly a moment in time because – this is a classic case is like, you know, talking about the side effects and everything, which we'll talk about a little later when Brandon goes on this little diatribe. Um, it's just very, very funny and very entertaining. Um, the power pack line, Tim, of course, uh, yeah. being comics guys killed me because I only know power pack from comic books. And here we go. We got it with these uh, guys on steroids. But uh, pretty, uh, what was I want to say? This is pretty, uh, I think this is kind of your normal jock TV uh, representation, unfortunately, and that's what it is. I mean, this is how they do it in the eighties and nineties, unfortunately. So, yeah. And um, here's where, and I wonder if if you guys had the same sort of issue where it, it starts to the the foundations of this maybe do not support the uh, the conflict here. This uh, these these track guys, this relay team specifically. Are, are trying to get yoked on steroids. I mean, is this, does, I don't know a whole lot about track. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you're talking about walking know, up, right? And track. Yeah. I know yeah. what you take steroids for, and it generally isn't for like cardiovascular performance. Right. Um, so I, I don't know what benefit they're trying to get out of doing steroids for 
this relay team. It, it almost just would make more sense if we probably were just leg leg strength and muscle, maybe like I just to guess, run but... faster with that. Or shot put, you know, I mean, pole vault. I mean, I don't know. Well, sure. I did think about some of the other, right. Just some of the other activities. But they do, yeah. yeah, This specifically seems to be relay driven. Yeah, it does seem relay driven. This is very relay driven, which I think of as you need a lot of, you know, really good cardio, not so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess there is a power aspect to it, but I don't know. It just seems, I don't, I don't think of like when you think of people who are, who get popped for, you know, juicing or whatever, it's, it, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's, I don't know. I guess there's Lance Armstrong, right? He was. Well, you think the thicker you are, the harder it would be to run. You know, I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. It just seems it seems like a different sport. This would make more sense for like if we're doing football. I guess it's not football season, but maybe maybe baseball. I mean, I don't know. Um, we already did a basketball episode, so right. I Plus guess in a roundabout way, that. we also. I guess in a roundabout way, we did a baseball episode too, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you know you can't discount too that they're just stupid. Like they are just, <laughs> just stupid kids. You know what I mean? They, so they're they probably are, thinking right. it's going to really enhance yeah, their around, oh yeah. steroids are going to make us faster. Like they might just make be dumb. Like no one's saying it works. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, what surprised me as well again, the movie, the program was 1993. Great movie, by the way. September okay, 93. So, so mm -hmm. I thought for sure when he said we have a program that this mm. was aped after the program <laughs> so again they're ahead i guess yeah. unless there's like the, something else that was a thing but just the, the way he kept using the term the program a program a program i figured mm -hmm. okay that is trying to be like the program but no that was after this again so a year after yeah. this i right. wanted to yeah. strangle brenda in this episode by the way oh yeah um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh just, yeah i didn't even yeah i didn't even bring up the accident part the listen the, the freaking uh David fucking with the radio, you know, it's driver privilege, asshole. You know, don't mess with the radio. And then, of course, you know what's going to happen with the rear end thing. The minute it happens, you know what's going to You're already foretelling what's coming up. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Brenda and Don are sitting in the Walsh kitchen trying to figure out a plan about the scratch. And Donna basically says, hey, you're a great actress. Just play dumb. And Brenda <laughs> says, I can't lie to Brandon. Brenda's scarred about driving. And Donna says she's improving. It's okay. She says something like, you're good. And Brenda's like, yeah, she goes, well, you're improving. <laughs> so funny delivery. Uh, Brandon comes home and he congratulates her on a successful outing. He's clearly got no clue about the scratch. But Brenda kind of has a look on her face. And then Brandon says, look, I know what's up. I can read you like a book. I know what you're thinking. You want to use my car again tonight when I'm working. Okay. So Brandon, again, kind of is a little bit lost. And Brenda has a sigh of relief that he did not see the ding in the car. We're at the Peach Pit. Steve's talking to Kelly. Says she has to go to bed early. And Steve says, well, do you want me to join you? Uh, <laughs> but she is uh, getting up at 6 a.m. to go running with Kyle. And Steve says, you guys are doing it, aren't you? <laughs> Such a 90s line. Very tactful. <laughs> oh, awful. Yes, Kelly yes. says, you always remind me why I broke up with you. Just when I want to give you the benefit of the doubt, basically. <laughs> Just when I think you can't go any lower. Uh, Steve's in training. He doesn't want some dessert and Brandon apologizes and Steve warns him by the end of the season, Brandon will be eating his dust. Brandon says, nobody's making the state finals and asks why Burke is all over him. Steve says time to get with the program. He says, steroids aren't a joke. They're not, not anything to joke about. Brandon asks what the big deal is. And Steve says, steroids are a serious business. He starts to get heated. They fight over the pros and cons of steroids. And Steve basically says, you're a know-it-all. And this is why the guys don't like you. 
Uh, so clearly starting to show the the rage aspect of the steroids on Steve here, where he quickly heats up. <laughs> that happens Andrea immediately can... after you take them, apparently. <laughs> yes. Well, that's something I question. Is this the show that – are they just doing forced conflict here, or is the idea meant right. to be that Steve is roiding out in the peach I mean, pit? I got the impression throughout the episode he was already roiding. I don't know. No, he's roiding, roiding out, out because yeah, then yeah. he then he's emotional in the next one. So, yeah, I think they were definitely trying to say – I don't know how quick after that was supposed to be like, I guess right. same day. So yeah, I don't know why he's already angry from, from one <laughs> dose, but you know, I guess family guy did it that way. Right. Peter takes the steroids and immediately grows. So we can all do yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Andrea shows up at the peach pit after close. And Brandon asks if he had an article about steroid use, would she run it? And she's like, fuck yeah, I would. And he says, well, I got a hunch. And Andrea says, are you back? And he says, I never left. Andre says he can still be on the track team and write the steroid article, but Brandon says so much for being one of the guys. And he asks Andrea, you know, what's it like doing this? She goes, well, I went undercover on that cafeteria food issue, and it's very hard keeping secrets from friends. So, <laughs> a very intense uh, cafeteria food uh, program as well, maybe, oh, going on. <laughs> Uh, Kyle and Kelly are running on the track and he talks about the loneliness of long distance and he goes, you know, you know about that. I don't know what he meant by that. Like basically, you know what it's like to be lonely as well. I, I don't, I don't know what it, she kind of made a face. Um, they, they wrap up the workout. Kyle says, it's nice being with Kelly where he can be himself. We go to the locker room. Burke wants to know if Walsh was on board with the program. Steve says he's not going to be in the program, but there's nothing to worry about. Walsh could be trusted. Steve says they didn't say a word and Burke says you better keep it that way. Brandon and Kyle are working out in the gym. Burke and Steve come in, and Brandon's cranking out a set, but he tops out at six, and he starts to talk about how weak he is. <laughs> you know, I wish I could lift more. Kyle pumps him up, and Brandon, as obvious as it gets, he's like, oh, I wish I could do it quicker, and I wish I had a performance boost. <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> I mean, it can't be any worse. No. It's like, I mean, he's no. clearly oh. trying to paint them. It's like the uh, Steve Buscemi. Hey, <laughs> fellow teenagers. Like That's, that's where we're at. Uh, Burke says, well, maybe you should eat right, rest up, and drink some Geritol. Uh, Burke says, there's no secrets or shortcuts for you. Only no pain, no gain. And Burke says, hey, Brandon, if you're writing an article, you can quote me on that. So he Burke knows what's up. He, he could tell Brandon's being a narc here. Uh, but Tim, what do you, you think of these few scenes? Oh, boy. All right. So... Brandon and Kyle's little workout scene uh, and Brandon's pissing and moaning about how weak he is. I don't know. I feel like I've seen this scene as, as a setup for some other um, films that I, I may have had an interest in um, that end vastly differently than, than this. But um, that aside, um, Again, we talked about the the whole confrontation between Steve and Brandon at the Peach Pit. It is, I guess, in a way, like I hesitate to to use the term subtle, but it is it is written in a way that there is some doubt, perhaps, that you know this is not like a roid rage thing so much as Steve just had a kind of a run in with Kelly. He's a little bit pissed about that. He's been feeling some kind of way about uh, Brandon taking his spot on the team. So maybe this is more blowback from that. And plus the whole, the whole secrecy behind the program, it's just a lot coming out and there is maybe enough reasonable doubt here that it isn't just like a roid rage thing, but I, I think they're, they're walking a fine line. 
with mm-hmm. it. They want to be able to say, hey, look how out of line Steve's acting. This is, you know, the type of behavior you see when, when people start taking steroids, you know, a lot of emotional instability here. So they're a little bit having it both ways. Um, then this turns into like a noir film with uh, Brandon and Andrea having this very <laughs> yes. daggers, you know, after hours meeting in the peach pit to talk about the, the relay team sting. I mean, what, like, why are we having to go through all this? Um, it's like, it's like Watergate. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, and then she brings up her, like we, this is not the first time we've heard about her, her undercover, um, mission to I, I guess expose the the poor food safety practices of the cafeteria um or do we, this is the jungle i guess and that that book um that talked about all the horrible things that are and the things that we eat um so andrea is upton sinclair now and she's gonna blow the lid off of this thing uh and brandon is is gonna you know basically avoid the heat so he's transferring that heat onto Andrea, but um, I don't know the stakes of the stakes of this whole thing. It's it's high school kids doing steroids. They really don't justify the grand dramatics we're seeing. This is all a bit much, Sean. I, I'm struggling with it. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I mean, just the fact that they're meeting in the dark in a peach pit. Like I said, they're treating it like Watergate. Um, it's all undercover and. There's something that happens later on that I think is even worse when it comes to what mm. they're trying to do. Um, I, I was going back a little bit to the car thing. So I can relate to the whole lying deal because my oldest son just did that a couple months ago. I think I told Tim about it. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, where he hit, he hit a car in the parking lot and he decided not to tell us about it. Uh, but I but yeah, so it's kind of a similar thing. Again, uh, 90210, uh, culturally relevant in 2023 here. Um I love that Steve is still kind of a douche uh, about the mm-hmm. whole Kelly and Kyle thing. And by the way, I guess for me, I don't really understand what we're trying to get out of the Kelly and Kyle thing. I mean, even for this episode, I get they're close. I get he feels like himself. But if he's not going to be a long-term guy, I really don't know what the point is of him being. And like, I don't get the whole deal with them. Um, maybe I'm lost on it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, oh, and then Brandon uh, in the promo, he's cutting on Steve. It reminds me of those commercials that you watch on TV, like in between like whatever game shows, like my wife watches Game Show Network, where they tell you everything that's bad about it before they want you to buy it. And that's exactly what Brandon did is like cut a total PSA on steroids. So yes. really, really awkward stuff. This is I'm like with I'm like with Tim on this. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. Well, it's like Andrea's always put this weird level of prestige on this on this college. I mean, not college on this high school newspaper, right? Like they always have treated it like it's the Washington Post. I mean, but it's insane. so this is like, of course, they're gonna have a secret meeting <clears throat> in the safety of the peach pit. You know, after it's closed, so no. But one the scene that comes up later, coming out of this, is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever. But I'll talk about that later. Yeah, it bugs the shit out of me. But. Well, we are forgetting it is. The best high school newspaper in the country. Yes, I mean yes, they established that awards. In, in yeah. the first <laughs> Yeah, forgive me. <laughs> um, it has a reputation to maintain. And I don't mind them using Kyle because, like, there's no one else in the crew you could use in this story to be kind of the one that outs them. So, but what's the Kelly dynamic in it for? Like, I don't get it. Like, what's the whole deal? Why do you have to have that whole dynamic just because he's here? You have to have her as a refresher of who he is. I guess. I think so, and I think like Tim yeah. said, it almost bringing that <clears throat> tying that line together like 
And we know this guy's already carrying around a lot of secret and weight to him. And now he's got this on top of it. So it's almost like I got gotcha. just to remind us who he is, that he's a go- he's a dude that is already kind of struggling with a lot of internal conflict. And now like this is on top of it, you know. And it just gives Kelly something to do in this episode, yeah, that's which otherwise I wonder if they were considering just... him as like a regular too. Great well, yeah, it could be that they're they're kind of opening up the options to see like how can we expand this cast maybe or hedging bets in case anybody wants to walk. Like, so let's see how replaceable you are potentially with you know some tryouts here for for new characters. Um, we will see in these first two few seasons none of those really take um right but it seems like they I, I like the idea though of like that. yeah of, of just like outlier characters that aren't necessarily always in the crew store we'll get a lot of them as we go right i mean we'll see ones that come especially in the college and, here. yeah yeah that just exist within the realm and i kind of like it like we should have more of that that's one that we haven't had enough of you could argue especially in season one we just had too many characters of the week right um where we yes. never hear from or yes. see them again so I kind of like that we have some that that are around, right? So, um, <laughs> all right, Brenda. I'm sorry, Brandon's messing around the kitchen. Brenda makes a joke about him not making the basketball team last year. The phone rings. It's the old lady from the car accident calling for Brenda's father. <laughs> Jim takes the phone, and away we go. We cut to Brenda trying to explain the situation. She says it was an accident. Brandon's all over on this. Jim says it's Brandon's card. It's my insurance. We have the right to know. Cindy says she has a bad case of whiplash, and Jim says that could take a while to show up. Whiplash could take a while to show up. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, the phone rings again, and Tricky. this time Brandon gets very serious and sets up a meeting. And I thought it was immediately going to be the old lady again, and I had flashbacks to Emily Valentine, like crank calling the house a hundred times. Um, <laughs> I'm like, God, this fucking lady. Now she's going to haunt them. Uh, we cut to Brandon, and here he is under the, again, cloak of night to meeting Kyle or at the track. Uh, they take a little lap, and Kyle says he thinks Brandon is looking to score steroids. And Brandon's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And Kyle's like, fuck that, you idiot. I know you're just screwing around. Um, I know the truth. Brandon wants to write an article. And Brent, Brandon goes, how did you know? <laughs> like, I mean, dude, everyone knew. It was yesterday. How'd you crack that case? Uh, Kyle says things are out of control. People are going to get hurt. They're taking too much. Kyle says he's not going to name names. Brandon promises to keep it a secret. But Kyle says, yeah, I'm ready to talk. And it made me wonder, too, like, is Kyle in the program? Like, they seem to trust him about it. Is he faking it? Or is he taking them? And well, he doesn't it? seem to be taking them, does he? He's no. probably... <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I get the vibe that he's the either outlier. saying he's taking it and not. Or he yeah. just said, I'm not going to do it, but, you know, they trust him because he's their boy, I guess. But. He's going, listen, I've got enough problems as it is. I don't need any shrinkage downstairs. <laughs> right. Yeah. And by the way, the music in the phone call, like the whole like serious background music, like mm-hmm. undercover spy music in the background, is utterly ridiculous when they're meeting up. Yes. Yes. Utter, utterly ridiculous. Um, I, I think it also goes back to JT, what you said is the reason why they got Kyle here is he's carrying this other secret and this one is kind of too much for him so of course he yeah. says he's going to talk so i like how you kind of tied that back that makes sense so brenda and donna they're talking at school brenda says jim took it well but he told her he can't drive she can't drive again until hell freezes over brandon comes charging through steve apologizes for their fight he's very emotional seems like he's on the verge of tears he just wants to go back to how things were before and then brandon says okay steve i'll see you at the gym and steve runs away 
like Napoleon Dynamite or something. Like his arms are straight, <laughs> and he just like runs off to the hallway. I'm like, what the Very fuck upset. is that? Very upset. I guess that's what they're trying to say that he's just like crazy. Like he just Plastic, like runs away because yeah. he's like not in control of himself. But it was weird the way he just like ran down the hall. It was it was odd. Oh wow. Um, I will say though, I do like this tracking shot. I thought they did a good. They do these well in the school where they kind of weave from like. Brand, yes. Brandon and Donna walk by mm-hmm. talking, and then Brandon comes in from behind mm-hmm. them. Steve comes in on the other side, and mm-hmm. they, they've gotten pretty good at those where they don't feel like they, they feel smooth, like they're just kind of coming in and out of the hallway. Yeah, there's a, another good one towards the end of this episode coming up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brandon shows up at the Blaze. Andrea is reviewing the big piece on steroids, but Brandon's having second thoughts. Andrea says they're supposed to be in Chapman's office in five to talk about this, but Brandon says there's a guy on the team that he sure is involved, and he doesn't want him to get busted. Brandon says he can barely look in the mirror as it is, and Andrea says, is it better if I'm the point person? And Brandon says, yeah, I was thinking that. And she holds Brandon's hand, and they agree that she'll take control of the story. Um, So, Sean, like, (laughs) this, this, I like this episode, right? But some of the stuff just, again, doesn't add up. Like, why? This is not Brandon's masterpiece of an episode with thought, the way he thinks things through. Things through. No. Um, yeah. I like, what, what is yeah. this? What is this plan? Like, does he really think Andrea writing the story is going to take the heat off of him? Obviously, someone's telling Andrea what's going on. And it just started yeah. when he showed up at the fucking gym. You know what I mean? No, like, no, that's where, yeah, yeah, that's where my head's at. Is like, hey, maybe you could write the article. Idiot, she's not on the team. They already know that you came in. You already called him out while you're lifting weights looking for steroids. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish with Andrea. You're going to take the heat no matter what. I, it's just a right. big, big flaw in the whole thought process. Big, big flaw. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, I, I was just going to back up that statement. As much as Brandon seems relieved by this, I'm surprised that not much more is made out of the fact that this has no hope of working because <laughs> it is known that Andrea is Brandon's editor on the school paper. Yeah, I mean, and that so they obvious. are friends. Like it's yes. it's not like they aren't like publicly very friendly in the school as well. So it's just like, um, and she certainly hasn't been going undercover and and getting all this intel on the track team. So who is anyone going to think she got this story from? It's just it's it it's a half clearly makes no sense. plan. Like like none of this got out until Steve. And his buddy, like Steve, found out about the program. Brandon joined the team, and all of a sudden, right. Andrea's breaking news. So you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, like, we're no... breaking it. Yeah, it <coughs> yeah. So like, none of it makes gonna, sense. Yeah, Steve and Brandon. I guess what you're going to take the heat no matter what you do at this point. It just makes no sense. Like, come yeah, on. Right. Exactly. So like Andrea's name on the byline isn't really going to protect them, you know. So. Um, all right, Brandon gets to the gym and he says Chapman's out time in the sprinters. Brandon tips off Steve about the steroid story and tells him you better ditch whatever you have in your locker ASAP. Steve is <laughs> shook. Burke kind of glares at him and Chapman is not happy. He dresses down his team outside. He wants to make sure uh, he wanted to make them all piss test, but he can't afford it, basically. And it won't solve the problem. Now, now. now <laughs> We've already talked about the ridiculousness of this. Uh, here. Why is poor Andrea standing with him like oh, she's the principal? This like, was when I was yeah, so freaked out. I mean, this is why I was pissed off earlier. It's like, why the fuck? These kids are doing steroids. Where are the parents? Who are you talking to? Where's the principal? Why the fuck is Andrea standing next to the coach? And and like Chapman directly outs her. He's like, if this is true, like Andrea says. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
like I don't get why she was standing there. Like that's it's ridiculous. Like these guys are all basically about to maybe be kicked out of school. They're gonna be pissed, and you're basically putting her in their face to like be at, you know they're all roided out. Like, but you know what's right, Andrew? Beat the shit out of her. You know what I mean? It's like Andrea doesn't care. Been, yeah. She doesn't even care, which is great. I just love her no selling it. Just she doesn't give a shit about these athletes. I right. think it's great. <laughs> it's just ridiculous though that she's out there. So anyway, he says uh, they have a problem, and until those who come forward to stop it, there's no more practice, and he's willing to forfeit the season if needed. Burke, Kyle, and Miller all come up to Steve. Burke tells Steve he's a dead man. Steve says it wasn't him. They better keep cool. Chapman's not going to cancel the season. Miller says Brandon better watch his back. And Steve tells Kyle it wasn't him. He didn't do anything. And Kyle jogs off with the uh, power pack. Brandon and Dylan show up at that. Uh, I'm sorry. Brandon and Dylan show up at the old lady's house with flowers. She answers the door. She has a full neck brace on. She says Brenda's very sweet to come by and invites them in. Her name, we find out, is Rosemary Winter. And she says she wished this stuff would stop happening to her, which is, of course, a big cue that she's been in multiple accidents. Brenda apologizes again. And Rosemary basically lets her know there's a lawsuit pending. She's been advised not to talk. Brenda's nervous, and she tries to prey on that. She talks about her driving record, and Brenda, of course, walks right into the trap. And she says, well, maybe we should solve things privately. Does I want to pay for my PT, a little bit of money for my pain and suffering. And Jim should pay, because as Brenda said, it was her fault. And Brenda agrees. Yes, my dad should pay. And Ooh. Rosemary says Jim wants to go through insurance, and that's left her no choice but to sue. And uh, Rosemary has a big neck spasm. And Brenda says she'll talk to Jim. We go to the Walsh house. Jim is losing it on Brenda. He says it's a $1 million claim. And Brenda defends Rosemary using her talking points about the usual kind of female empowerment that Brenda gets wrapped up in. Jim is sneezing away uh, with his cold. Brenda says they were taught to take responsibility. And that's what we're trying to do. And they're arguing over that. Jim says Brenda doesn't have the life experience to handle something like this. Brandon sees Cindy and Dylan in the kitchen, basically like, you guys sitting this one out? And they're like, yep. Um, and he heads off to work. Dylan asks Brandon how track is going, and Brandon says it's not what he expected, and it's not fun. Um, I'm kind of getting a little tired of Dylan being used as, like, the story. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, he randomly walking up to people to ask mm -hmm. how things are going and how they're doing. Like, I feel like it, they use him a lot for that. They did it earlier. With He's like, hey, how's this going? How's that going? And um, <laughs> It's like used as this weird exposition point to push things along, but it's an odd use of him. Um, but uh, Sean, what'd you think of the Rosemary clearly preying on Brenda, Jim losing it over this $1 million lawsuit I, I, I that Rosemary's brought to the table? I mean, it's a pretty tropey thing. I mean, you got, you saw it coming a mile away and I mean, it's kind of set, it's kind of like the secondary story in this, I guess, but um, I, you know, Brenda annoys the shit out of me on this episode uh because her like you said the empowerment thing like when she brought flowers over with dylan and why and to your point dylan is not a character that's going to go bring flowers at somebody's house and that just didn't make any sense and it's funny you brought up about dylan because i was thinking about what you just said the last episode i was on was the whole beach club episode where the brandon fell in love with that girl at the beach club that was also oh, sleeping with the with the owner and dylan was also that guy in that episode where mm -hmm. he was just like the fill-in so i think you referred to it earlier is like when we're we gonna get that big big uh big dylan uh you know what we're talking about coming up later in the, the blow season. up but, yeah well yeah, i'm curious big, uh, too yeah. if like that plays a role in it that like dylan's almost has become domesticated like he just he's lost his edge a little bit brenda's kind of yeah. brought the soft side on him and he doesn't question things as much it seems like he just kind of yeah. goes with the flow a little bit he's 
Maybe kind of. It's, it's annoying. He's happy, maybe for once, right? So I guess he's got to get he's his not mojo thinking, back. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's yeah. not really using his street smarts with Rosemary, right? He's just kind of right. Yeah, okay, That's let's the, go. But yeah. on the flip side too, he doesn't know. He only knows Brenda's side of the story, right? So to him, he yeah, may be thinking, "Okay, Brenda really rear into this lady. She's in pain." Like he doesn't really realize probably like what it was. Maybe, but you know, I I don't know. I would think if I were Brenda's boyfriend, and I know kind of Brenda and her. Right. Brenda isms. I would probably be. I'd probably be very aware of what's going on, but that's just me. So, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, it's the reason I want to strangle Brenda is because she she just needs to be smartened up, right? Her whole tirade about how, oh, I, you know, I I did this. I, I have a responsibility to make things right with this woman. Yada yada. No, no her that's dad. What does. insurance? Her, well, okay. Her dad does. Yes. So by proxy, apparently, her dad. Anyway. I get what she's saying, but it's like, that's what insurance is. It's a way to fulfill your responsibilities to people, but without losing your shirt. So I don't know why Jim didn't just like sit her down and try to explain it that way, because she seems to not be getting it, you know? And it's like, if there is a a legitimate claim here, then she will get a very big insurance settlement. You know, we don't have to worry about this and we should not be involved in this. It's not, this is not protocol at all. You should have no contact with this person. Get it? And I guess for for Dylan not to say anything either is a little bit, it definitely does seem too passive on his part. Like, I I don't know why at some point Dylan didn't say, okay, hold on back up brenda why are we why are we going to take this woman flowers like tell me again what happened so tim what i would tell you what i would what i would say though is like okay so as someone that has a kid that just started driving you kind of have that conversation with them around hey if you hit a car do xyz now right Mm -hmm. if they listen which mine didn't in the first moment it happened because he was scared (laughs) that's a little Mm -hmm. different here brenda just had no knowledge of anything you know, so right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. just seemed to be totally misinformed, uninformed about how this process is supposed to work. You know, and now she's right. having this this crisis of conscience that she need not be having if, in Correct. fact, this is a a legitimate injury that this yeah. woman has. I know, but I kind of feel Walsh's like that's on the parents. Be, I feel like that's it, on it is, yeah. them and Cindy. Yeah, yeah. but that, yeah. but um. It gives us a great scene of, of Jim going berserk in his bathrobe. Yes. And I think he's trying he to handle it, but she's going around his back. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's basically saying, I'm in control of this. Stay out. And now she's mm-hmm. like, I don't think he knew she was going to Rosemary's. But yeah, Dylan, mm-hmm. Dylan Street Smart should definitely be more into play here. But again, that I think should have come into play. Yeah. I think he's just domestic. I think he's just like lost his edge a little bit because for once he's kind of happy and like content. Like, mm-hmm. His life is going okay. He's fine. He's just you know. going with the flow. Yep. Yeah. Um, but as far as so, this is where we also got that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll get more into that as we get to the wrap up here. But I guess all the, what this feels like towards the the back half of this this particular episode is the show going in case of emergency, send Dylan right. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like they can't seem to figure out. Break the glass. What the third act? Yeah, break break <laughs> glass and, and release Dylan kind of thing. They they can't really figure out that third act wrap up without getting Dylan involved. Who they know um, is going to add another element is a very compelling character to people. So they they kind of been saving him. They've kept him up their sleeve. 
until much later in this episode. And that's a trick. You're right, JT. They've they've kind of leaned on a little bit, maybe too much here recently. Brandon gets to the peach pit. He sees Kelly. She's leaving with some pies and he heads inside. Steve is waiting in the kitchen and Brandon goes, again, this, this is not Brandon's uh, finest moment. And somebody goes, Steve, what are you doing here in the peach pit? <laughs> this is an odd way to say it. Like, I don't know why he had to explain that they're in the peach pit. Um, they argue again about how everything went down. Brandon says he really did quit the paper. It wasn't a lie. He wanted to race. He noticed that Steve started to change and he just started to ask questions and figured it out. Brandon asked Steve how he got pulled into this. Steve said he only started one cycle. It's not a big deal, but he read the pamphlet and decided it was over. Steve now has to prove he wasn't the source and he thinks Andrea can just write something that says it wasn't him. Why not? And even says, Andrea is in love with you. She'll do anything you want. And Brandon <laughs> wow. says she won't expose the source. Brandon says he gave his word to the real source and he can't go back on it. And Steve is basically like, I'm glad you and Andrea care more about sources and other people than me. He shoves Brandon into the wall and basically says, Brandon, you're on your own forever. From here on out, we're done. And we turn the camera. We see that Kelly saw the whole thing happen because she got a boysenberry pie instead of a pecan pie. Um, so she had to come back into here in the peach pit and uh, happen to see everything go down. We go to the track. The team's working out. Kelly shows up to talk to Kyle. Uh, she's not here to run, though. She says she got up early just to talk to him because she heard rumors and wants the real story. People have accused Steve of helping Andre write an article, and Steve's freaked out. Kelly says, why would someone ever even get involved with steroids? And he tries to kind of explain why, and then he tries to ditch out on her. She asks him to help her help clear Steve's name. He says, I'll try. And she says, Steve's just a jealous guy, but he likes and respects Kyle. And, you know, that's it. Steve knows what's up. And I want you to help him. Kyle's in the hallway. He sees Steve trying to convince Andre to clear his name. And I think this Tim is the tracking scene you were talking about. So yes, really absolutely. It was uh, Burke comes over. He wants Kyle's Spanish homework so they can copy it. They walk away. We pan over to Dylan telling Brenda she's not supposed to visit Rosemary anymore. And he's not going to go with her. But she says she's going to go anyway. So she leaves. Steve storms off after arguing with Andrea because she won't print a statement. Dylan tries to calm Steve down. He wants the whole story. Steve fills him in on what's going on. Dylan says, hey, man, steroid shrink your gonads. <laughs> and that Brandon right. isn't a witch hunt type of guy. And both Brandon and Dylan have always been there for Steve. So he reminds him of that. Um, <clears throat> Brenda shows up at Rosemary's. We hear loud music playing. We see that she's doing a full-on jazzercise in the window. <clears throat> Rosemary turns and she sees Brenda. And then we cut to the Walsh house where Jim is talking to his lawyer on the phone gives them the new info and we find out that rosemary's a scam artist she has 14 claims over three years and has now been charged with backing into cars in the past for phony claims as well brenda's relieved that it wasn't her fault and basically says hey wasn't me i didn't slam into her she slammed into me jim says okay you can drive again but now brenda's sneezing ha ha would say she's caught jim's cold she's been hanging around him all this time <laughs> miller's in the locker room throwing a fit he says things aren't cooling off Chapman won't back off either. Burke and Miller pull Steve for a walk and they go outside and Steve wants to prove it wasn't him. But Burke says we're past that point. It's too late now. What we need you to do is be the fall guy. Want to be a team player? Take the fall. Say you started the program. No one's going to punish you for doing it. And then we can move on. Miller says Steve's going to take the fall either way because they're either going to kick the shit out of him <laughs> or he's going to admit it. And as that's happening, we see Brandon kind of lurking in the background and before he can say anything, Kyle says, it was me. I'm the source. 
I can't keep living a lie. And Brandon comes over as well. We go to the Peach Pit. Brandon and Steve filling Kelly say Chapman had a 45-minute meeting with the users. Brandon says no one's getting kicked out of school, but we don't expect much from the track team this year as a result. <laughs> Kelly goes to call Kyle, but Brenda and Dylan come in with an announcement. Brenda has driven her first Porsche. She mm. wants Brandon's car so she could take Donna and David to the movies. Brandon gives her warnings and teases her, but he finally gives up the keys and asks Dylan if he can give him a ride home after work. Dylan admits that Brenda grinded the gears of the Porsche while driving, and they hear a loud crash outside. They all run out, but it's just a dumpster being emptied, and we see Brenda driving away happily with no issues. So uh, a lot here to, to take in, Tim, down the home stretch, the, the resolution. You know, we don't really get to see how the team handled it with Kyle. I guess we're just left up to our imagination here on this one. Um, I, I'm guessing, too, we've kind of wrapped up Brenda's driving issues. I, I think this maybe is a breakthrough for her as we're supposed to perceive it, that she's going to be okay. Mm. Now it's, it's not going to be a running joke anymore that she's a shitty driver dating all the way back to the uh, speed racer scene night uh, nightmare. She had way back when, and I also oh wonder, God. that's right. Like, do you think this could have been a two-parter um, where Steve joins the team? Brandon joins the team. We end on a cliffhanger of them finding out about the steroids. And then the next episode is all this. Like, is there enough meat there? Because I feel like, we wrap up, we don't even really see like the results of their actions. Like they just say, Oh yeah. 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 They had a long meeting and Chapman's not happy. And I don't know, are they off the team and they're not off the team. They just said they're going to stink. Is that because they're not on steroids or because they're all quit? Like, like what's going on? You know? <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I think it could have been a two-parter. There's probably enough meat here to do it, especially as dramatic, dramatically as they're playing all of this. At the same time, I guess I'm kind of grateful it wasn't yeah, a two-parter, yeah, just yeah. because, like, you know, just move on. <laughs> it, but the effect of that is this feels, this does feel very, like, issue of the week. And those last 10 minutes, the way we kind of race through the resolution, um, it's really threatening to turn into, like, a very special episode type mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, I mean, there are some pacing issues cramming this all into one, but I'm grateful just to sort of move on. Um, I mean, this is an episode that feels both perhaps underwritten and very overwritten at the same time. Um, <clears throat> I, I wonder if th this just went through a lot of different drafts and we have sort of some elements left over from earlier versions that don't really fully amount to anything like jim randomly getting sick i mean what and the payoff to that is oh now brenda's sick and ha -ha, yeah that was it now. almost makes you yeah. think like did james eckhouse have a cold like and yeah, they just wrote it yeah. in like it almost feels uh, like why else would he be sick you know because it's so random yeah and it yeah. just doesn't it, it doesn't play into anything other than that sort of jokey uh, i guess payoff to brenda's little b storyline but it's it's weird. Um, do we think that the uh, the dump truck at the end was was the same one that plowed into Josh Richland and killed him when his car broke? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yes. Sorry, spoiler spoiler for later seasons. Um, you know, scene that I was just thinking about the other day. But uh, boy, does Kyle do everyone a big favor here by coming forward? Because again. It's like Brandon is, is forgetting that even though in his mind, mm -hmm. he knows that he's not the source on the team that is 
getting all this information. Uh, someone is giving this information to Andre, and I guess Brandon and thinking if he's stepping out of the picture, well, obviously the relay team is just going to assume she's she's got an inside source, but it's not me. It, it could be anyone, right? And um, no, I don't think they will think that, Brandon. So uh, Kyle outs himself in a way that um, still lets him, I guess, preserve one secret, right? So he's he's a kid who's very overburdened with secrets, and he's he's got to at least get this one out in the open, and he does. And the relay team all gets a stern talking to, but nobody's nobody's going to jail, nobody's getting kicked out of school. And the relay team, the consequences are the relay team is really going to suck because nobody's juicing anymore. So, um, great lesson for this episode, I guess, that you won't face consequences for uh, for doing steroids other than getting yelled at and um, having a very poor athletic performance. Yeah, this, this was extremely rushed, the ending, to kind of tie up the car, the whole steroid thing. Uh, I think for me, the hero here in Dylan, uh, Dylan, you know, Dylan really meeting the uh, teenagers of 92 where they're at and saying that uh, steroids will shrink your gonads. I think that's <laughs> the best that's, PSA yeah. you could say, mm -hmm. right? Because um, that's yeah. what's going to connect. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything that's probably not true in that. Um, yeah, you know, Brandon going to the woman's house and seeing she's dancing, pretty tropey. I mean, again, I just don't know. I think they crammed a lot into this episode. I think they were trying to go for something that never really connected for me. Um, I think JT, to your point, the two-parter um, probably could have played out if it was a little more intense and there was like actual repercussions. But yeah. the fact that you tie it up in a bow at the end, that nothing happens to him. The track team's basically just screwed. Hey, let's all have the happy-go-lucky ending like you would on a sitcom. Brenda drove the Porsche. You know, right. it, you know, it's just, I don't know. The way they tied it up and I don't know. This just wasn't. It was probably a serious episode, and yeah, it ends like yeah. a like a sitcom. Yeah, um, yeah. which is not weird. one of my favorite episodes here, <laughs> to be honest. No, if, <laughs> if they could have done two parts, maybe they could have tied in something with um, Kyle coming out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. And that could have been a two-parter where he's battling multiple secrets and doesn't know where to turn, and like could have made it a little bit different. But yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our awards here. So best scene, I went with uh, Steve and Brandon arguing in the kitchen. I don't know. Like, it felt like the most real scene to me and Steve throwing them up against the refrigerator and Kelly with the boysenberry pie. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have not applicable best scene. <laughs> There's nothing really, nothing really popped in this episode. So I guess um, for want of anything else, I I'll go with the, the big blow up between Stephen Brand, like that's something I could see yeah. when they're doing like promos for this episode. You you'll never believe what comes between Steve and Brandon, da, da, and they show like a dramatic slow mo shove, right. you know, at the Peach Pit. What are you doing here? I mean, I could go with that one too. I could also go with the first one where Brandon's reciting all the downfalls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could go with either or actually. Mm. All right, most important scene, it was really, to me, more of a line than a scene. And that's Steve saying, Andrea's in love with you. She'll do anything for you. And it's like kind of the first time where outside of us as spectators see her obsession. And maybe since the sleepover that like someone has blatantly said, this yeah. chick is like obsessed with you. And you can use that to your advantage. <laughs> like basically what Steve says. So. I don't know, like nothing else really matters to the future of the show in this episode. 
but that line kind of stood out as like, okay, like everyone sees it. I think yeah. that's a good one. And then Brandon's reaction to be like, yeah, but it was kind right. Of yeah, yeah. He knew it. You know? <laughs> yeah, Dismissed yeah, it. Pretty, yeah, yeah. That was he knows great. it. He knows it. Yeah, he knows it. Yeah, I thought that was. That's a real. Yeah, that that's a really good like sneaky pick because I didn't have much for this either. Um, again, other than there's a loud crash outside the peach pit and everyone goes running out. <laughs> right. No, but his reaction made that scene for me, to be honest with you. He's just like, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows it too. And that, like, good on him. I think he tries not to do it, not to take advantage of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was the only one that stuck out to me of like meaning anything, you know? I'll back it up. Yep, for sure. All right, most 90s look. I went with the West Beverly track uniforms, just like the short shorts and the pennies, like just felt very 90s. Oh, the whole job yep, thing. Those are good. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Kelly has a very blue um, blouse on during her um, earlier scene at the Peach Pit with Steve, where he accuses her of doing it with Kyle. That <laughs> felt just—I mean, it, she looks great in it, but just felt super nineties. Our most nineties moment. I, I had like four here. I don't know. Like I had the group wedgie felt very nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that one. Yep. Yep. Steroid program was very nineties. Uh, aerobicizing very 90s oh, yeah. and then uh just like scammers like rosemary pulling a car after sure, it's scam uh, yeah. uh being in the closet very early 90s yeah that's too. well yeah it's a lot so. yeah um i also have uh it's a, just a quick scene but we we see brandon uh crushing a can an aluminum can um, so I just have like hand crushing and recycling culture. Yeah. <laughs> <being early 90s. laughs> That's a sneaky good one. I mean, not that we don't recycle anymore, but come on. Like it's nobody cares about the environment anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we, we at least acted like we cared back then. Right. Uh, best lesson learned. I just, I mean, don't do steroids. Shrink your gonads. Shrink your gonads. Yes. <laughs> Shrink yeah. your gonads. Yep. Yeah. Uh, best hookup, I give it to Kyle and Kelly again. I like them together, actually. They're pretty good little chemistry. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. I'm tempted to go Kyle and Brandon, but sadly, <laughs> we did not see that consummated, unfortunately. But yeah, yep, I'll go. I'll go with. I'll go. I mean, I don't know what else to pick from. So I'll there's go nothing else, really. Yeah, there's nothing else, really. Um, all right. Uh, best quotes I had. You guys are doing it, aren't you? Um, Steve, what are you doing here at the Peach Pit for Brandon? And then they shrink your gonads from Dylan. So the three we all got of the above, about. all of the above. Yep. I just had the steroids one, but yeah, they all qualify. What are you doing here at the Peach Pit? <laughs> uh, all right, final grade. I'll t- I'll tell you, like my grade's higher than the way we've talked about this episode, but I just I did enjoy it. Like I liked mm. the. Like, I thought Steve was really good. I like the story of it. Um, I know there's a lot of idiosyncrasies we called out, but it's like, whatever, that's every episode in this friggin' show. There's like weird right. shit. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I went six out of ten. Like I had the I had the cutting edge episode last episode at a five and a half. I like this one like a, a little bit better. So right. And I keep going back and forth. Did I like this better than than that? And I think this one was just all around more entertaining. Um yes. There is a certain cheesiness to it, and it's easy to call out and make fun of. But at the same time, it, it sort of carries the episode. Um, at the end of the day, we are marks for this show. It's hard mm-hmm. to just be like, hey, this episode outright sucks, and I wish I hadn't watched it. Right? I, I never <coughs> right. come away feeling that. It's just some episodes are a little bit... 
below replacement level, right? They're kind of, you know, just not much going on, easily skippable. And I, I suppose you could skip this one, but you'll, you'll miss some fun, just nineties cheesiness, I think. So it's a very nineties, early nineties episode. I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. Six feels a little, I, I guess I'll go five and a half. Um, um, yeah, I, I think yeah. I would go. Yeah, I think I'm around, you know, five, five and a half. Listen, I was entertained. I can't say I wasn't because there was a lot of good anecdotes in here that made me laugh. And, you know, it's a pretty serious subject in some of this. And But I don't feel like they nailed the landing the way they should have. Right. So, no, no, I agree. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to go five, five and a half. There is a certain so bad it's goodness to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, it's not my favorite episode, but I don't outright hate it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we could look back at some point, Tim, and like count the episodes that yeah. could have been removed and not affected the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder how many there are throughout that we've watched so far. Where, like, if you took them out, did be you'd still understand what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just, interesting. To think it wouldn't about. even feel like you missed something. You know? Right, like these last two, you could pretty much eliminate and like not have missed much. You know? Um, right. All right, let's get to our trackers for uh, debut characters. We have Coach Chapman, Tony Miller. I, I I think his name is Burke Cahill or Cahill Burke. I don't know. It's one of the two. Like, they call him Cahill yeah, at one point. They keep they call calling him Burke at one point. Yeah, they call him Burke. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went with Burke as his first name. That sounds more likely than Cahill. I don't know. But Agreed. Cahill feels more like a last name. Uh, and then Rosemary Winters. Uh, relationships really is just Kelly and Kyle. Uh, places and things. I had the West Beverly track team, the West Beverly locker room, and Rosemary's house. I think I missed anything else, really. Jim's Peach cold. Pit. You want to put Jim's Peach cold on there? <laughs> I guess um, that's a debut, right? It, yeah. Well, it goes along with his, his uh, broken back from a baseball episode. It does. He's always injured, this guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Always hurt. Um, songs. We had Games People Play by Joe South when Steve and Kelly are talking at the Peach Pit. Dancing in the Street by the Mamas and Papas uh, when Brenda catches a scammer dancing. And Backfield in Motion by Mel and Tim when Brenda <laughs> asks Brandon for the keys at the pit. So that's wow. what we got so far for songs. Um, all right, I went ahead and listed my rankings. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree here. Okay, uh, I've pre-listed mine too. So yeah, well, okay, we'll very see good. how these line up. All right, Nat, Jackie, Mel, Emily, Scott, Iris, Henry all have zero. So mm-hmm. our, our lowest is going to start with eight points out of the gate here. So good on him. And I had that as David as uh, the bottom. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I had Cindy. I had her a little higher, but let's keep going. Well, I had Cindy, Dylan, Donna as my next three. But I'm thinking maybe Dylan above Donna. I don't know. I I think Dylan is above Donna. Yeah. Yeah. Donna doesn't have, like, like, she's low in this episode, but she's still has some scenes right and some lines i like the scene in the um, kitchen where she was like i do too lie yeah. about it <laughs> well and she was like i'm yeah. bad she's like no you're not yeah. you're improving <laughs> like that was that was a good time and it gives you some one-on-one time with brenda without kelly having to yeah. be the constant anchor between the three of them so would you have um, cindy below them going, though um i would have cindy below andrea and dylan both well, how about donna though Oh, Donna. Um, yeah, I'd have her below Donna, too. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, all Cindy really did was that car scene. Like, that was it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And sat at the table with Dylan. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
It was fun seeing her kind of stress out during the driving scene, but yeah, that is about it for her. All right, so if we have David, then Cindy, then Donna, then Dylan, are we good with that? Kelly above Dylan, feel okay? Mm, I feel like she did more than I guess you have to because of the Kyle thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. And the boysenberry pie. (laughs) Yes. Um, I have Andre above Kelly, though. Yes. And then I have Jim. Uh, even mm-hmm. though I feel like Andrea did more, I thought Jim was like this yelling in the scene and the sneeze. Like, I don't know. Like that mm-hmm. one fight scene was really good, I thought, with Jim. It was. Yeah. Agreed. And then I have Brenda and then Brandon and then Steve is the best. Um, I feel like Brent, this is one where Brandon and Brenda could have maybe not been top three, but there's really nobody else. So it, we're kind of stuck, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought Steve was actually the best in this episode. Like I, I enjoyed him. I did too. Yeah. The range yeah. of emotion he showed. Yeah, his acting was good. I actually thought he did really good in his acting, and I thought he carried a lot. So it was good. I think he's underrated. Like he's been mm-hmm. really good. Like we talked about Tim with David, like as Brian Austin Green as well. Um, but I feel like Steve, you know, uh, Ian Ziering too has been like pretty good in these episodes where he's going to emote, like with the. You know, finding his mom and like all that stuff. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Feel like he's, he's ahead of the curve. I mean, I think the problem is one of perception. It's it's not so much that Ian Ziering is is a poor actor. He's actually, if anything, been quite good. It, it's just that this sometimes feels like an ill-suited character for him to play. You know, just with the age difference and everything else. And it's it's honestly kind of a credit to him that he pulls it off, right? Right that for as much as people joke about how, oh, you know, this guy's, you know, 30 years old with a receding hairline playing a 16-year-old, it's, I mean, the fact that he, he sort of can um, look past that is is quite impressive to me. So, uh, yeah, I got to give it up for him. He's, he's easily head of the pack for me in this episode as well. Agreed. What do you think overall is Steve as an actor in, in, in the series so far, Sean? Uh, listen, I think they built him up. Like he started out kind of like more of a support. Now he's becoming more of a main and that'll actually continue as you go into later seasons. Cause he starts carrying the show at one point, but um, yeah, yeah, I've liked him. I've enjoyed him quite a bit. So. All right. So that'll do it for us here tonight. So we'll get to our all-time rankings in a moment, but Tim, you want to tell us what else is going on in the world of our podcasts? Uh, sure. Well, or where to find connect. some info around uh, not to an so as well and some other info that you, how you can reach out to us etc yes definitely so the 9021 no so this podcast is a spinoff of the north south connection podcast network so that's where we started and if you're interested in a bevy of pop culture content sort of with a professional wrestling focus then you should subscribe today to the north south connection on your preferred podcatcher app. Uh, You can find them as well on YouTube. A lot of video podcasts. So please seek out on YouTube, uh, North-South Connection, and subscribe today. Give us some likes. Leave us some comments on some of the videos you you enjoy. Um, You can find us as well on Instagram. We are 9021NOSO podcast on Instagram. Uh, and we have a <coughs> Gmail account, uh, 9021noso at gmail.com. If you want to write in uh, just old school email style, we keep threatening to do a mailbag. Perhaps we will. We, well, will we actually do have a, 
in a moment, we do have a little uh, reader or listener feedback we're going to get to in one second as well. Some listener feedback. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will read that on the air. So we, you can hold us to that. Um, but yeah, just uh, different ways you can seek us out, subscribe, support the show non-monetarily. Um, you know, give us a like, leave us uh, comments uh, on Twitter as well. You can find me. I am at psych68, C-Y-K-E-6-8 on your Twitter. If you want to slide into my DMs or otherwise, they are open. Uh, does that about cover it? I think so. And I think let's do our, our listener feedback real quick and then we'll get to our final rankings. How about that? Okay, let's do that. All right. So let's give a big shout out to Instagram follower Angela Mumbrue. I hope I, I said that right. Mumbrue, Mumbru, perhaps, but uh, follower on Instagram reached out to us and said, Hey, JT and Tim, I came across the podcast a few weeks ago and I've spent the last week binging to keep up. You're both hilarious and your guests are great too. I've listened to a lot of 90210 podcasts, and without a doubt, you guys do the best job. I love the ranking oh. of the characters. Poor Dead Scott. He had a good run. <laughs> Jackie Taylor still takes the cake for Perfect Mom. Keep up the amazing work. I can't wait till you guys get to the Valerie, Ray, and Claire years. I then asked her for her all-time top five characters, Tim uh, and Sean, and she gave us these top five. Number one is Dylan. Number two is Valerie. Number three is Claire. Number four is Steve. And number five is Early Kelly, one through four, or Brandon are tied. And an honorable mention to Jonesy. We'll get to eventually as well. So uh, thank you for the love, Angela. She tells us she's going to spread the word to her friends as well. Uh, And be sure to, anytime you want to reach out, we'll definitely read you on air. We appreciate you being a friend, a fan, and a listener. Um, all right, here is our character rankings for season two. Iris, last place with 16. Mel, 28. Jackie, 34. Scott, forever at 38. Henry at 47. Nat at 66. Emily Valentine at 94. Jump up to Cindy at 180. Donna at 183. Andrea at 185. Jim at 187. Kelly, at, I mean, uh, David at uh, 189. So that's a pretty tight group in the middle there. Kelly's at 197, Steve's at 208, Dylan at 244, Brenda at 262, and Brandon in first place uh, by quite a bit at 284. All-time, Iris 16, Mel 28, uh, Jackie and Henry at 47, Emily at 94, Scott at 102, Nat at 116, Donna at 264, David at 315, Andrea's at 328, Jim's at 345, Cindy's at 347, Kelly at 366, Steve at 399, Dylan at 403, and then 100 points higher, we have Brenda at 505 and Brandon at 525. There's your full ranking. Sean, I want to thank you for joining. No, it was great you for having you, buddy. Me. Yeah, happy love to it. have you on. Uh, anytime, of course. And Tim, we'll be back in three weeks with episode 21 of season two. Until then, a little dim sum, a little dumb sum, and we'll talk to you all soon. Take care.